Thank you for listening to Papercut Podcast, bringing you evocative interviews with local creatives every week from hometown heroes to hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place to see live music in Winnipeg for over 30 years. Welcome to Papercut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Julie Gendron. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am an artist, uh, digital strategist that I help organizations figure out their digital stuff, mostly nonprofits and art organizations, and I'm a creative director. So I have been around for a while doing this sort of thing, and I've lived in Winnipeg for three years now. I lived I was born and raised here, but moved away as fast as I could. Right. <laughs> um, and have lived in Vancouver and Montreal f- for longer than I've ever lived in Winnipeg. But now that's tipping back again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evening so, it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what kind of art do you do? I do a lot of different types of art. So um, I started, the way that I got out of Winnipeg was to be a graphic designer and a photographer. I actually, yeah, the funny story is that I... Um, needed to raise some money as soon as I got out of university, and I got a job taking pictures of people in their church environments, so I had to, (laughs) portraits that they would sell back to people. Um, And I would travel all across in my 77 Valari, which was old, (laughs) (laughs) Um, across Manitoba and Saskatchewan to all of these really odd places, and I would photograph all of these places too, not, like the things that were unique to them were artistic. But then I would also fo- go into these churches and photograph people and manage to save up a couple thousand dollars. So like family portraits in the churches? Yeah. Or is it action shots? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to create. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, it was like it was family portraits. Yeah, I my f- grandparents have those family portraits. Yeah. You know, like up because where else would you get a family portrait? And they all sort of came in that church book where it had all the families and like it's probably exactly what happened. their name yeah. and address and phone number in case you need to get a hold of them like the whole church had like a little yearbook so you was, ever seen one of those i i know we're getting off topic right That's really okay. quick um, no, this isn't off topic but, it's exactly what you but you'd be doing the photos there because families would typically all be together at once is that the reason yeah. why they oh, okay yeah, that makes sense church. That's efficient. Church. That's yeah. very efficient yeah it's very efficient very efficient way for this company to sell photos back to them so I took yeah. the photos medium format camera etc and just seeing most of Manitoba Saskatchewan and just a lot of really interesting abandoned areas too because it's obviously there's a lot of abandonedness between some so towns. then that's sort of how you took some of your artistic photos that's when I started really getting into photography but and I was a graphic designer so I moved to Vancouver and uh, worked in studios because uh, it was just up and coming then, uh, media art studios and started doing animation and doing all of that kind of thing. Um, and then the internet really hit. Like, this is years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, really when you were saying 19, something in 1977 and then talking about graphic design, I was like, I, I don't understand graphic no, design. No, the, the car was in 97. Oh, gosh. Right, or an old car from my grandpa. Oh, okay, I understand. Right. It was like an like, ancient car that I should not have been driving the roads in yeah. <laughs> in the middle of winter, but... Um, but yeah, I moved in 95 to Vancouver. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. 
the how gra- I was like, what were you graphic designing? No, but I was design? using Photoshop. I learned at a technical college in the Rice Building on Winni- on near the University of Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. In the basement, and we were learning Photoshop without that had no layers. It was like the second or first version of Photoshop. Really? Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. You could only undo. So it's <laughs> so strange. So are you someone who still likes to use the older versions of it? I know like every no, year they no. come up with something new. So I'm you totally all over the really yeah the newer versions. It's hard because you get used to all the tools and the layout and everything, and then they switch it up again. And I feel like every year I have to relearn it. So I'm still with uh, 2018. Really? I just, yeah, I just okay. I, I don't want to be bothered to try and learn all the new stuff. <laughs> I got I'm like tired of just trying to. S- scam new versions oh yeah that's fair (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just like i'm paying for it if i'm at my point in my career now that i can so that's good and i guess that's how that works so So, you're also a creative director you said oh sorry i i interrupted you there that's okay yeah so where what is a creative director and what do you do it's like someone that looks over um if there's a project they they look over the, like if there's graphics, the look and feel of it, or if there's words that need to be edited, then you have a sense of the mood you want from it. So you create a whole mood around it, um, around whatever project that you're doing. And this is usually more like commercial projects. or So I'm working a little bit on the creative direction uh, for this conference that we're going to talk about in a little while, um, just basically in terms of, I think about the artists that are going to come and how do they fit together. It's just sort of like you're kind of, it's like, it's not a curation necessarily, but it's like an understanding of how all these elements are going to fit together that happen to be creative. Okay, so we're going to transition into the the conference that's coming up, but let's start at, you find out you're doing this conference and you find out you're the creative director of this. Mm -hmm. How does that vision come about and how do you transition from an idea to a whole package? Well, in this specific context, I have a background. So after doing all that graphic design and then being involved in the internet, I also just quit all of that stuff because I was getting more and more corporate. And eventually I became involved in a collective and doing more work with video and doing more work with sound. We did, and we did a lot of AV performances where the sound and the video kind of come together (laughs) in terms of improvising. The video people mix together, or what I would do, I would mix video live with improvised sound. And that all started actually with film in the past. Okay, let's, let's, okay, we go. You're gonna I want to talk a little bit about this for a second. So you had a collective of folks that would do this all together? Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about how, a, like, a collective comes together? Um, well, there was a bunch of people from, that went to Emily Carr. Okay. Um, and then there was... And a, that's a school that you it? went to? No, there's Emily, yeah, Emily Carr School of Art. I didn't go to it, sure. but the boyfriend at the time went to it, and he, uh hung out with a bunch of other people that went to Emily Carr. I was in doing all of this technical design, internet stuff, and then another person joined us who was also into programming. So we came together because we all needed to raise funds to get video cameras and computers, and that's when all the DIY stuff was starting to happen. So <clears throat> that's um, that's how it came together. And we lived in a warehouse down in the... down 
the downtown east side of Vancouver, which is, I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And we would have events and everyone, it was a really neat collective. It was called Intermission. Um, And it was neat because everyone took turns leading a project. So we all had experience or gained experience in different ways from it. Hmm. So could you, okay, now jumping back to the process, you have the idea. What's the, where, where do you start with this? Um, well, specifically in this project, it started with the digital strategy funds that exist through the Canada Council, and they have a special area called literacy. And when I first came back to Winnipeg, I felt that there was very little digital artwork happening here. And so, um, I didn't know how to make it happen. (laughs) Like I wanted more to happen and I felt like I couldn't figure out why it wasn't happening because there's so much of it in Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal. And I was thinking, is it the isolation or is it because people just don't want to? Um, Or maybe even not being able to find it. Like if there's just where do you find digital art or where do you find people that are doing it? If it's all on the computer, they don't have like a storefront or something, you know? Exactly. And there's very few places that support it because it's hard to support. So Video Pool Media Arts... uh, has started to support it in the last three years and to move, not move away from video necessarily, but um, more, move more into 3D printing and VR and whatnot. So um, more of that's happening and they have a new vision. So <laughs> I am still struggling to figure out, well, why are people not interested in digital? And I think it's because it says digital to a certain degree. I'm thinking that's my... So anyways, the idea around this whole conference is came from doing roundtables with different artists within the city. Um, so we did one with Urban Shaman, which Indigenous and Métis folks, and Mawa with women and GNC folks, and just to figure out why they weren't doing any of this, um, and just to also listen to their specific needs. Um, and, you know, out of it came, like, the ideas that there was lack of resources, uh, it's too expensive, um, don't have time, some of them just don't have interest. Um, and so um, the first thing that we, we did for the last 10 months is put on a bunch of panels mm-hmm. with different, more about the specifics of digital, just showing what actual digital artwork looks like. So it's there's some interesting projects happening within the city itself, um, but we brought people from out of town also. Um, and so there's like so projection mapping and large scale projects for projection and um, you know projection mapping in theater and there's all kinds, like it's really interesting. And I think that once you say the title digital art, people don't relate it to the fact that they're seeing really interesting video in the theater. That's digital art. Mm, <laughs> it's just yeah, a, yeah. a part of it. Um, and so all of this has come together to do this conference. And the con- so in terms of the creative direction of it, it's just trying to understand all of these ideas and trying to present um, artists that, are, that can fulfill the answers to some of these questions that are coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, So the conference itself is less specific to certain artworks although there is there are going to be examples and demos in this one section where you can try stuff for real (laughs) and you can see some really interesting 3d printing or 
interactive work or and whatnot. Um, but there's four panels that are really, really interesting. Um, one is the ethics of digital. Um, another one is, is it a game? Is it craft? Mixing forms? Is there any boundaries anymore, basically? Hmm. Another one, um, I have to look, is OK Boomer, OK Millennial? Oh, oh nice. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that one's really interesting because we've chosen four speakers for that, or I've chosen four speakers for that. And two of them are older people, Reva Stone, you know who she is? Mm-mm. Famous Nothing Winnipeg there. artist that she, I think, is more famous outside of Winnipeg. Uh, That's the way it works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's been doing digital for a really long time. And she won Governor General's Award in Media Arts for her work. Wow. Um, so she has been doing this. So she is considered a boomer, I guess. Um, and uh, so she's really embraced it, right? And then she... Uh, she will present that and show how she has embraced it. Um, and then there are two younger people um, that know all about it, like Rain Brumet. Is that how you pronounce her name? Rain Brumet. Okay. <laughs> um, and Colby Richardson. Okay. I think it's Vermetti. Anyways. Um, Elder Albert McLeod is also one of the older folks who also... Um, embraces digital Mm -hmm. so but the younger people rain and colby they are completely capable of embracing all of that digital type of work except they have chosen to not they go very um analog in some of their work so rain is a uh, filmmaker or literally a filmmaker like not just video but um and then colby put on a performance the other day using um basically using electricity to create sound Hmm. A sound performance. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How many, like a, a lot of tools? Did you get to witness that? I did. Yeah. I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks Hopefully cool. he yeah. will talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not, fantastic. you know, but it's... That's why he's on the panel. Well, and that's <laughs> a good teaser to, to entice people to go. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So the, um, the one other one is Art in a Laboratory. Um, and so that one is about how how do we make digital art do we need a laboratory what does that look like um it's basically essentially kind of working with artwork with using different variables as you would think about experimentation mm-hmm. um and controlling variables in order to create it variables may be like a certain tool but it's maybe just an idea and it's very abstract but these guys will make it much more <laughs> Um, graspable. Yeah, that's a word. So yeah, that's all. Debbie Debbie Patterson uh-huh. uh, is a woman who does uh, has a theater company called Sick and Twisted, and so that sounds spooky. It it does, <laughs> uh, but it's all about uh, theater for people with disabilities. Oh, and being able to. Um, Exact, exact. Talk about the subjects around that. Just like put it out in the open, and then so there's a lot of different. She can speak to about a lot of really interesting ideas of how to to bring people together that have disabilities to do work together, Mm -hmm. um, and how that involves digital tools. Mm -hmm. You know, and even communications are really important for people that like can't leave their apartments. How do we 
get them to see the artwork. You know, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. around that. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So. So you, when you were talking about um, places like Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto having these types of resources readily available, do they have conferences as well, or are is it just more well known there? Like, what what were oh, we missing do, here? They do have conferences as okay. well. So Mutech has a conference. Mutech is a. Um, is a music conference where it's more like audiovisual oh, that cool. happens every August. And they've now done it across the world. That happens, it started in Montreal, and now it happens at different locations across the world. Uh, across the world. Um, and they have a conference called IMG, which I guess it's image or something. I'm not sure what it means, but <laughs> yeah. if you look it up, it happens. Um, and that they have phenomenal work, but it's basically like the speakers that are there are like, far surpass anything that that we could even imagine here in some ways so so this conference is more about let's think about the ideas around it let's think about let's not go too far into the the digital beyond um and let's think about how we can start getting artists to think about using it here Mm -hmm. so what do you think you said maybe you didn't know what the barrier to um using this art form is you have like any or like getting artists interested yeah yeah here i'm not sure what it is yet Mm -hmm. and i think part of it i'm starting to think part of it is is that term digital yeah i think that it's all like perhaps is like the romanticism of creating art is sort of gone when it's behind a a computer screen maybe you know like the the vision of an artist or whatever you know It, it but digital art is so beautiful, like in so many different ways too. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how Winnipeg, for some reason, is a little bit different than the places that you've been before. Do you think it also might be just like a population thing? Like there's just no community like there is in those places? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's this really strong community in some parts, like in certain genres within the city. Sure, sure, yeah. For sure, like film, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, yeah, it's just maybe the lack of population. I mean, even some people say art, and another part of the population will be like, really, you're talking about art? Like, why do we need that stuff? <laughs> right. Interesting. <laughs> well, I've, I've noticed the trend, and you followed suit as well, where a lot of people will go to bigger bigger places to go and and perfect their art to work on their craft um do you think that's one of the dilemmas where people will you know try to go to a toronto try to go to a vancouver as opposed to cutting their teeth here in winnipeg and you know i guess maybe trying to develop a scene that really isn't as strong as anywhere else Hmm. do you think that's one of the obstacles that people leave yeah <laughs> that yeah lots of, yeah. of people leave they'll, yeah. they'll do programs here because we have digital media design we have a plenty of good programs but it seems like a lot of them want to go and you know do the toronto thing do the vancouver thing as yeah. opposed to staying staying home mm-hmm. rather than making your own scene you just tack yourself onto somebody else's somewhere mm-hmm. else <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is kind of just a, a typical winnipeg <laughs> uh, yeah i mean people a lot of people do leave for sure mm-hmm. and also, I mean, another theory is that the universities and Red River do have, I think Red River more actually has more stuff connected to arts. But like the University of Manitoba, I'm pretty sure, and I maybe I'll be corrected, but they just advertise for the first time for a digital art 
instructor. Oh, yeah? Mm. So, um, I think that there's still a lot of the traditional arts being being offered within the universities. Mm -hmm. And maybe not, I mean, maybe not enough education around how digital fits with art because it's very different than if you're trying to be commercial about it. Sure. So what is... There's a lot of commercial digital. Yeah, yeah. Most of it. All of it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So what is digital art then? Like, how would you define that or what, like, a digital art form Um, Well, there's multiple ways. Like, if you look at a commercial project or product... You know, there's always something to sell, right? And so when you make an artwork, it usually has starts with an idea. So this is all stuff you know. But <laughs> it starts with an idea or a theory or, or something in the ether that needs to be plucked in order to bring it to fruition in some way. Um, and so I think that digital art... See, I think it also has... Like, people have seen lots of bad digital art, too. <laughs> So digital art is something that uses uh, projection. It can, it can be very basic. It can just be what's the medium about, but I think that's where people, like what do we use? Project, are we using a projector? Are we making it interactive? Are we using sensors? Those are all the things that it does, that digital art is, like mm. sensors, interactivity, online websites that don't look commercial, uh, Internet documentaries, these are all digital art, but it's more about um, how the story starts for that art before the tools. Mm -hmm. It just pulls them in. And that's how my art practice works. Like, I think about an idea that I want to express, and then I go and think about the tool. And so it might be something that's interactive, where you talk into a box, and you can make it play back as a beatbox, but um, but I don't think about, oh, I want to use electronics to make something, a piece of artwork. You see the difference? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, was that clear? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like you're, as much as an artist wants to do a portrait and then takes out a pencil, mm-hmm. you want to convey one of your ideas and your medium tool is just digital, usually, yeah. right? So. Yeah. So then to go off of that, could you give us some examples of really good digital art that you've come across? Some of your favorite examples. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the, the first one that comes to mind, I don't have the name of the artist. That's all right. That's fine. That's fine. interesting to... The, the fact that you said, like, sensors is digital art, like, that to me is just like, okay, I'm completely learning what digital art is because right. I would have considered something more like graphic design, like making a poster or... Yeah. Going back to the question, uh, just give us an example or some examples of good digital art and you even toss us out a bad example. If you have one. <laughs> um, well, one piece that I remember... Um, is it's like a room that was is full of surveillance cameras mm-hmm. and it's full of um like completely full like every single wall and it's huge it's like two stories tall every single wall is projecting you back onto that oh. from those surveillance cameras mm-hmm. so there's obviously a message there 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and then so there's this, and I'm sorry that the the name is not on the top of my head. But another one which I don't remember the name of is uh, this. You know that, as you know, there's. Um, I hope I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, artificial intelligence. Right. So you hear that in all the time uh, that that's coming and. It's doing stuff to us, but we don't really know, except if they explain a little bit in the media about it. Um, but one thing that's happening with artificial intelligence is that there is um, computers that are learning as they go along. So that's it's called machine learning. So you give what a person does is you give it a bunch of information, like parameters, and then it goes out and it starts learning about and creating ideas about those parameters and so one of the things that that is happening with is serve, uh, like um, police profiling mm-hmm. of where crimes might happen in the city or who might create those crimes or do those crimes um, so it can be really scary because the parameters that they're putting in might have to do with the color of skin or it might have to do with the area of the city that you live in. And as we know, poor areas of the city doesn't mean that everyone there is a criminal, but someone might be stopped because they live in that area of the city because Mm -hmm. of the color of their skin. Anyways, there was this one piece that was done using that exact theory, computer theory of AI and machine learning. And the artist put in all this information about uh, uh, people that work on Wall Street Mm -hmm. and crimes that some of them have been convicted of. So he created a machine that can find white-collar criminals. Wow. (laughs) Based on their behavior. That's so interesting. interesting. So obviously making a point about what this can do. Yeah. So this paints a a way bigger picture of what digital art is than what my perception of it was. Like those examples, even just those two kind of make me like it it makes my my mind go outside the box and thinking what, you know, what the possibilities are and what you can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does all of it have an interactive aspect to it? No, not at all. There's a okay. lot of stuff that's maybe just a digital painting. Um, Freya Olofsson, who is also a local hero mm-hmm. uh, in digital art, uh, uses VR and uses um, some of the, I wouldn't, and maybe plugins that c- to create a video painting out of it. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's... And maybe that's it. People just think it's graphic design, Photoshop, editing your video, and that's the problem, but it's not. It's so much more. And there, one of the keynotes is Jillian Farabee, and she worked with the Cirque du Soleil to help them figure out innovation around um, circus performance. What does that mean? How do we imbue it with innovation? So that's also very interesting. I can't wait to Holy Very <laughs> cool. So if someone's listening to this and yeah. wants to be a part of the conference, uh, what's the information? How would they go about? Um... It's taking place at the Manitoba Museum in the Alloway Hall, which is also cool because at the end of the first day on the Friday, we get to go see a tour of the planetarium because they want to use the planetarium for more than just stars. They want performers to come in 
and reuse the, the space in the video with their own performances. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Um, and so that that is on March 13th and 14th. So it's a Friday and a Saturday all day. And they're on the Saturday, if it's hard to be convinced to come in, we're having a hot breakfast. <laughs> and there's going to be lots of food to eat there. So <laughs> and it'll be real breakfast. Yeah, it's real, cold real breakfast. food. Yeah, you can get up and go. Time. Just go get awesome. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for coming by and, okay. and helping us define what digital art is. And thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us on, on Papercut Paper Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.